I'm Guy Kawasaki, and this is the Remarkable People Podcast. This episode's guest is Justine Zarek, or as you might know her, I Justine. She is a YouTube personality, actress, social media influencer, and all-around nice person. Have you ever looked at somebody and asked, why does she have so many followers? Why does she get all the free equipment? Why does she get all the attention? Why does she get invited to the Apple announcements? And you get jealous and maybe even hostile, but iJustine should not garner such reactions. I'm so happy for her success. She's been in four films, seven TV shows, and 21 web series. Her YouTube channel has had over 1 billion views. Let that number sink in for a minute. One of the funniest things she ever did was show her iPhone bill right after the iPhone was introduced in June 2007. It was 300 pages long. But within 10 days of the release of this video, it had more than 3 million views and international media attention. She got more attention from many people when she started one of the internet's first and most popular life casts, inviting people around the world to watch her every move, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. These days, iJustine is a one-woman new media phenomenon. She has over 3.5 million subscribers across multiple YouTube channels. There's a lot to learn from iJustine's story of ascension to the top of social media, how she uses technology, and her video editing techniques. Also, her sense of moral obligation. I'm Guy Kawasaki, and this is Remarkable People. And now, here is iJustine. How, how do you define yourself? It's crazy because I really don't even know anymore. I'm kind of like a content creating machine, really. Did you ever foresee when you started off as a life caster that it would turn into I Justine the industry? I don't think so. I mean, I just really loved technology. I loved creating content and sort of making people laugh. And the whole live stream thing that I did, which was really wild because that was on Justin TV. That was before Twitch TV. It was before people were really doing live streaming. So at the time, it was really difficult to kind of get that setup working because that was in like 2007. So it's amazing just to see how much you can now do just on your phone. And we carried around massive laptops and webcams and wireless cards. And it was such a process. <laughs> has the pandemic and all this quarantine stuff, how has it affected your your content creation? Um, I think as far as content creation goes, I mean, I have basically been working over the past however long I've been doing this to be able to just work from home and work from like my office. So I basically have my house set up as like a studio. So in that regards, it's kind of the same, but I just feel weird making content. I, I don't want to be making videos about expensive tech when people can't even get a job to be able to buy it. So it's kind of been this fine line that I've been kind of walking. And when this all first started, I asked Twitter, I was like, what should I do? Us as creators and influencers, you know, what should we be doing? And most of the people said, just create content like you normally were, because we need the escape. We don't want to be watching content about stuff that we've seen on the news. So I've kind of just been doing my best to, to create the same content that I normally would. I got back to doing gaming videos again. So I've tried to enjoy making videos as much as I can, because that's when it truly shows for your audience, when you actually are enjoying it. So just continuing to create for them is something I've been trying to do. I think it's important that people hear that this is a, a conscious decision that you've made to continue in the same vein, because 
someone who doesn't know this may look at it and say, wow, she's so tone deaf. She's talking about thousand dollar light ovens when 10 million people got laid off. Yeah. And most of the companies that I've been working with as well, I'm like, okay, if we're going to do this, how can we also give back and in return? Or is there going to be a charitable donation? Is there going to be a discount? Is there like, what is going to happen? There has to be something else. Uh, But I also am working on trying to figure out a way to, to find tech that like a lot of us haven't ever used and sort of give to elderly communities or kids who are now homeschooled but they, they don't have a computer to be able to connect to the internet to even take these classes. So I think that's sort of my next step is how do I take all of these connections and relationships that I've made over the course of however many years I've been doing this and try to get all these companies together to try to help a lot of these kids and elderly people connect because it's, it's so weird. It's like even just talking about this, you go outside, it feels like we're living in a movie, but it's, it's real life. What is your tech setup? Are you using all these Canon 5Ds or Sony A9s or is it just a bunch of iPhones? No, I mostly am all Sony. So I shoot most of my unboxing stuff and B-roll stuff with like the Sony a7 III, which okay. is incredible. And it's because I do, do, do still shoot a lot by myself. So I kind of have a setup where they, re- they record externally to uh, the Ninja Atmos so I can touch screen, every, like everything is basically set up within my reach. So I don't really need anybody else, which is great because especially in a time like this where, you know, you, you can't have access to people or, or anything and you kind of have to do it yourself. And I think that's one of the important things, <clears throat> especially for a lot of like YouTubers and content creators is at least know enough that if you do lose all of your people around you, you will have enough knowledge to be able to at least kind of carry on in the meantime. So I think that's something that is is very important to me. Like I still edit a lot of my videos and just knowing enough, I think for a lot of people to be able to do this, if you don't have anyone else, is something that's really important. Cool. So how many Sony A3s are you running? How, how, what's your, like seriously, what's your, I'm geeking out here. What's your setup? <laughs> We do have three Sony A7Threes, but we use like a 135 G Master for a bunch of close-up stuff. Um, usually the 24 to 70 is like the the go-to lens, and then we use like the Sennheiser AVX wireless microphones. And I edit on the Mac Pro, which is beautiful. So is, is that yeah, the it's, little... it's, it's a pretty nerdy setup. Is it the fifty thousand dollar Mac Pro? It's a few dollars, for sure. <laughs> and you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I do I buy a new car or do I buy a new computer? And obviously, being me, I'm going to buy the computer and walk everywhere. <laughs> what is your lighting? Are you using ring lights and stuff, or we have? I just actually set up a new gaming station, so I just got the uh, the Elgato key lights, which you can control all directly from an app. But I have one really big light mat that we use that just lights up everything beautifully. And then we have a couple of the aperture dome lights that we have. So I have like an unboxing setup. I have a gaming setup. And then this is my office, which is actually terribly lit right now because we're not recording videos. We definitely have a couple different sets where it's just kind of turnkey, press a button, lights go on, cameras are ready. When Martha, Martha Stewart has, you know, 20 people there, right? How many people do you have when you do an unboxing? At the most one, if I have a second camera, 
that I want to have roaming, but I also have the second camera set up stationary, so I don't need anybody else. Again, it's just I have these two monitors that sit in front of me, and I can hit record on both of those, and they record to solid state drives directly, so I don't even have to touch the cameras. I do nothing. I'll still set a timer for thumbnails, and I'm just like holding up the product. The thumbnail photo will take in three seconds, and, and yeah, I mean, I really can do everything myself, which is great, but it's also then I have to go edit it all. <laughs> I've noticed that you immediately get everything Apple. Are you on like Tim Cook's BFF list? Do you have to ask them for it? Or are they, are they begging you to please, you know, I just think, please oh look at our new iPad Pro? It's so funny because it's like ever since I was little, it was my dream to work for Apple. Like I was probably yeah. 10 and I wanted to live in Cupertino. I didn't know anything. I we didn't didn't really travel very much. So I'd never really been outside of uh, like my little town in Pennsylvania. And then the first time I went to Cupertino, I was like, huh, okay, this is interesting. It's not what I had envisioned when I was a 10 year old, but you know, being able to cover stuff with Apple now, you know, in the, the sense of getting to go to events and review the products has been, it, it really is a dream come true. Does the box with the iPad Pro just arrive the, the day after the announcement? They hand it to you at the event? Tim Cook is not exactly sending me anything. I think I'm press and media now. So I think mm -hmm. just however they do those sort of things with press and media, I still buy everything though. You buy everything? I do, yes. In order to maintain journalistic purity or because Apple's too cheap to give it to you? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I just, I, I do buy them, so. But, but No, but the, the day the iPad Pro is announced, you can't go to a store and get it, even if you're iJustine, right? I mean, it, there, is it a press... Pool of... I mean, it's all it's all like press, yeah. So they basically they send one to you and one to Marquis Brownlee, and that's it. That's all they have to do, right? <laughs> End of discussion. I, mean, I was actually very surprised, especially with this iPad Pro, because I mean, I'd used my previous one just to watch content, mm -hmm. and then I loved what they did this year. Is they showed a bunch of these commercials of showing all the things that you can do, like create a podcast and this. And I was like, can I really do all of that? So I really did test it out. I went and edited a 14, 15 minute vlog that I created, shot everything on the iPhone, edited it all on the iPad. I was like, okay, so I guess it is possible. <laughs> possible <laughs> or easy? I got inspired to start a podcast. So I was like telling my sister, I was like, we got to start a podcast now because I got a new iPad. She's like, that's why you want to start it? I was like, yeah, I think so. Do, do you have to pay for anything anymore? <laughs> I, mean, I do. That's, really? See, that's the thing is, I mean, I buy all my cameras, all my gear. I mean, sometimes Sony will send things to review, but for the most part, like I spend a lot of money on gear and gadgets. And, and sometimes I, I just don't like asking for it either. And sometimes when, you know, companies or brands do send you stuff, they obviously expect a lot in return. So sometimes I just... I don't want to have any bias. I'm just going to pay for it. But yeah, I'm definitely very lucky to get a lot of gear to check out and review. So I'm very thankful and grateful for that. But I, I do spend a lot of money on gear. I don't get nearly the amount of stuff you get. But at some point, it just becomes a burden. I mean, you've got to figure out everything. I mean, people think it's it's just opening a box, but it really isn't. It's a lot, for sure. Yeah. Now... I've been reaching out to people just in my like my neighborhood or my friends and family if they know people that need any extra gear. So I've been going into my gear closet that usually I save stuff to sort of use for comparison reviews. But there's people now that like really need this stuff more than ever. So I'm just trying to like take inventory, see what I have that I can part with and make sure it gets to good home. So that I'm like very grateful to be able to to do that and kind of give them 
homes, like webcams, like people aren't able to even get webcams now. So I went and found a bunch of my old Logitech ones and was able to ship them out to some gyms so that they're able to do live classes. And it's, it's really wild. Do you ever wonder what your career path would be if the AT&T bill wasn't 300 pages? I mean, I wonder if I would have been so much cooler if it was longer, if I, if I had more <laughs> <Okay>. pages. <laughs> I mean, now to be cool on YouTube, it would have had to have been like 5 million pages. Yeah. Uh, but even then, I was working freelance doing video production, graphic design, so doing editing and things like that. So I still was kind of doing all of that stuff at the same time. And then it just sort of flipped and I started becoming my own client. So I really don't know. I, I, I would maybe be still editing or doing production work somewhere. But I feel like that video, its it was so long ago. But at the time, people weren't doing the things that I was doing, filming and, and putting videos and content online. So for me, that was more validation to my friends and family that, hey, look, there is something here to the internet. Just trust me. <laughs> I'm going to quit my job and sort of figure this out. I might be homeless moving to California in two weeks, but... I'm going to figure it out. See, look, this video did well. So that's really, I think, kind of all that really did at the time. But it doesn't sound like any of that was planned. (laughs) No, I don't think anything in my life is ever planned, which is very strange or scary. But I feel like that is sort of what I guess the joy of the internet is, because you really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Tell me about your editing process. I use Final Cut. Uh, oh, Final Cut, okay. I've been using Final Cut ever since the beginning. I actually took one of my first editing jobs, editing Avid, but I didn't know Avid. So I went from college to learning Premiere, and then uh, this this company was like, yeah, we, so we edit Avid. Do you know how to use that? I was like, yeah, of course. I can edit Premiere. I'm sure I can handle this. And I get there on the first day. They were like desperate for editors. So I get there. I was like, oh, this is this is way more difficult than I thought. And this is back in 2005, 2006. So online resources for these types of things that are like non-existent. So while I was teaching myself Avid, I was learning Final Cut and I got them to switch over to Final Cut. And then ever since then, so probably since 2005, 2006, I've been editing in Final Cut. And last year I released a Final Cut tutorial to sort of show people how to edit start to finish a YouTube video. So that was really fun. I think getting into the education space has been so great because I've learned so much over the years and made so many mistakes. So to be able to kind of help these newer creators and and give them some of the education and tools has been really cool. What just for people who are listening to this and thinking, oh yeah, I want to be a YouTube star someday like I Justine. If you were to count roughly, you know, how many hours do you spend filming How many hours do you spend editing? And then how many minutes does that produce? So what's the ratio of filming to editing to final product? I think it really depends. So for the iPad review, that video, I think, so I think I did have help editing and shooting that, but for that video in particular, we probably shot for 10, 15 hours over the course of two days and then maybe 20 plus hours editing. So my editor got a rough edit. I went through cleaned up the first half. And while I was working on the first half, he was working on cleaning up the second part. And then we were just sending these files back and forth. And then at that point, it was probably 20 hours later. And we had a turnaround time of maybe three days. So and what was the really final length? Very much. I maybe 10 to 14 minutes. <laughs> and then we have to do it all again. So, it's, so it varies we're, too. We're talking <laughs> roughly 40 hours equals 10 minutes. 
yeah, for a good video. Yeah. That we want to make sure we get great B-roll and lighting and setting up and trying to do different shots. I mean, some videos can definitely take way longer than that, but then there's Way some, longer like, than that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it'll go over the course of several days if we're doing, like, phone reviews. I mean, it, it can get pretty pretty intense. But so, then there's also very simple videos, which I did some Animal Crossing, which is a video game I've been mm-hmm. playing. So for that, I'll record maybe... 30, 40 minutes, and then I'll edit that video in 40 minutes to an hour and a half. So it, it does vary. But not every video is 40 to 50 hours, but some can definitely be more. What happens when you uh, hike up Mount Zion? It's like a three-hour hike, and it comes down to five minutes or something like that? It all just varies. And, you know, when <laughs> we do like hiking stuff a lot, anything that we're doing sort of into a moment to be able to film. So if my sister and I go on a hike, I can use that footage to shoot like a phone review or get some photos. So it's kind of like every aspect of my life I tie into making it a way to like make some sort of content out of it, which is fun, but also exhausting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't you feel like you're never not on Thankfully, over the past couple of years, since I've been doing more tech-focused content, I can I do have more of a break. And since I've started working with an editor, because before it wasn't. I mean, I was probably producing, I mean, I was running four or five different channels. I mean, I was probably making 50 to 60 pieces of content a week, like by myself. And it was really miserable. I had a gaming channel, which I would post two videos every day. I would do an iPhone video every day. I would have a vlogging channel where I would film an edited vlog every day and then my main channel i would film three or four videos a week for that one which were like more concise edited videos so that kind of drove me crazy so i think at some point i had to just step back and say i'm gonna have one channel i need to sort of be a little more laser focused or i'm not going to be able to to enjoy doing this as much anymore so i kind of went back and i just thought why did i start making youtube videos what were the top three things that I love and let's just focus that. So I went, I was like, okay, I love tech. I love travel. I love food. Okay. I love video games. So maybe that's four. Oh, now I love my dog. So I just took my channel and kind of focused it back. And that was super helpful. I think for a lot of people that feel that burnout, just kind of going back and picking at least three things that you love for me was like super helpful. How do you prioritize your platforms? Because you're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Like how do you yeah it's what goes hard. through your mind when you <laughs> there is kind of sort of a little flow chart that kind of trickles okay. down and the good part about creating the youtube content first is i can take pieces of that youtube content and cut it down to an instagram type video the instagram shares to facebook and then we'll create some vertical content for instagram stories which then can be taken over to tiktok and then twitter i'll sort of edit together like a one minute highlight of that video you you think you can deploy uh, the same content on TikTok as that that's derived from YouTube? Sometimes, yeah, but only if it's, it's something that is shot that way. It's not always. Or if okay. I'm like in the middle of doing like a review video, we'll stop and specifically shoot a piece of content for TikTok. And then the interesting thing with TikTok is is their hashtags and trending topics are kind of the way that you sort of work with their algorithms. So every day I'll go on and I have a bunch of content shot on TikTok already that I just feel like one day a hashtag is going to pop up and this weird piece of content that I've shot will work out. So a bunch of the things that I've been posting, even over the past couple of weeks, I've shot maybe a month ago, which is, it's a big secret, but it's like one day this piece of content will make sense. 
what's an example of a hashtag that someday may make sense? So this one video, it was like a trending sound or something. I just kind of mimicked the sound. It was, it was so silly. It was, oh, you don't like me? That's fine. Okay, bye. It was, you have to watch the TikTok. I didn't do a very good job of mimicking the voice. But that specific sound I had saved. And then I used that video in the sense of saying Corona, like we don't, we, we, we don't like you, like bye or something oh. like that. So just kind of using something that makes no sense at the time, figuring out later on down the line, you can make sense of it. If that makes any sense. <laughs> there is logic to this madness, I swear. It's just sometimes yeah. I can't exactly explain it. <laughs> well, how do you come up with content ideas? Is it basically your life and then you were going to go up Mount Zion anyway, so you decided to make it into a, a video? Or did you say one day, well, we need some hiking. Let's go. I mean, where should I we go? Most, well, I think it's just we love to hike. So those types of things is just a natural integration. And it's always really great to do camera v- reviews or things like that. So it's kind of just like ancillary content to what I'm already doing. And I used to love to vlog, which would be like filming your daily life, but then that got exhausting and it was just invasive. And I was like, I'm getting too old for this. So I think being able to sort of vlog and have a purpose around it, say doing like a camera review or a phone review. So that's kind of how I squeeze all of that stuff in. But as far as scheduling content and planning, most of the tech stuff, it just, it happens so naturally and rapid. It's like, there's a product that comes out the embargo is in four or five days. Good luck. So that's a lot of time. <laughs> so, so, so do you do you have an event calendar planned out for months in advance? You know, Sony is going to be in New York on this day, and WWDC is this day, and Samsung is this day, or that. I mean, that used to be what it was like. No. We would go out into public and go to events so yeah, i think no. you know even though we still know that those those time frames that we know iphone season is is usually towards the end of the year and then i feel like a lot of these companies still follow kind of a very uh, like kind of same timeline so it's it, it is easy to pick and choose between you know okay i need to have some silly content in between the tech slowdowns i i think my daughter included they look at someone like you and they say, what a perfect life. You know, she's at all the great events. She has all this stuff for free. You know, probably she gets all the makeup and clothes and everything and cameras and cars and, you know, flamethrowers from Elon Musk. So wh- wh- how do you react when you hear young girls or young people aspire to be you or aspire to be a, an influencer or, a, you know? Yeah, I mean, I... I'm, it's, oh my gosh, it's such a, I guess a big responsibility as well. I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, growing up, I didn't have anyone to look up to that liked the things that I liked. Like there were no girls that were into video games. There were no girls coding. I was the only girl like in my coding classes. And so I didn't know that it was, I guess, weird at the time that I liked these things until everyone was sort of like, why are you playing video games? Like that's for guys. And I was like, wait a minute. No, it it absolutely isn't. But just growing up, not having anyone else to look up to, I guess was kind of weird. So like, I'm very excited whenever like little girls will come up to me and they tell me about how they're taking coding classes or they're really into tech or their new phone or they love video games. And I think that's just amazing because, you know, to, to go from not having anybody to look up to, to 
to me thinking that I was weird and something was wrong. And now like it's accepted and it's cool. And I don't know, I'm, I'm definitely very honored and, and excited about that. And to be able to, to sort of teach kids to edit as well. And we did an event this past year, actually it was in January, right before all of this kind of happened called Vlog University. So we had um, a bunch of classes and it was like a two day event here in LA where people basically came. It was like a crash course on, on how to create content from editing, shooting, marketing, lawyers. We had my whole team there just giving all of the advice that we've learned over the course of 13 years. I was like, this is like what it's all about. Like this is just making sure that these people have the tools that they need to, to go out and create and create kind content. I think making sure that we're creating content that's I don't know. That's that's kind is is very important because there's so much out there that, that people are creating. That's it's just not something that I don't know. I if I had kids, I wouldn't want them watching it. Do, but do you do you ever say to people or tell them, you know, just so you understand, a ten minute funny, interesting, cool video took forty hours to make. I mean, this is. Oh yeah. I let them know, and then they shortly soon figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it, it does seem like it's so easy, and it does seem like it's so glamorous. But it's like I spend a lot of time sitting at this desk editing, and I think people are very surprised to hear that I still edit any of my videos at all. I mean, I've made—I don't think anyone's ever made a thumbnail for me. I make every single thumbnail. I upload the video, title it, make it live, and I don't know. I guess that's just how I've always done it. And I think having that channel being actually me is something that I've always been. You know, very careful about. And the, the guy that I do work with, Tyler, he's amazing, gets my views and perspective and kind of adds his own flavor to it. So I'm very grateful that, that he gets it. <laughs> so so what would you tell th this young girl, teenage girl, what's the first step if you want to be like me? Yeah, I think just figuring out what is it that you're passionate about. And if there is something that you could see yourself making videos for longer than a year, like what would that be? Because I think it takes at least a year to sort of find your groove, get comfortable in front of the camera. And just, I think, you know, just starting with your phone, like you can shoot and edit everything on your phone, no matter what phone you have, like it's, it, it will be good enough to sort of figure out lighting, figuring out like your tone and just kind of going from there. And it's okay to be nervous in front of the camera because I think that's the first thing. But like, but I can't talk to a camera. But like, you're not talking to a camera. Just imagine that you're talking to somebody else because at some point that is what you're doing. And and what if this person says, but you know, you have millions and millions of followers. How do I even begin to get a follower? Yeah, you just start. And I think you look for communities of people that are kind of doing the same thing as you and just start interacting and, and just really reaching out to people. And one of the things that I've talked about before is collabs is such a, a weird thing because you're, you want to collab with these bigger creators, but you have to be careful because a lot of times these creators aren't just going to collab with everyone because they don't have you like you don't have an arsenal of videos for them to judge on like what type of content you create. They don't know what type of videos you are going to make. Is there going to be a scandal or something in your near future? And then that reflects on you. So I think that's really hard to, for a lot of like bigger creators to just start doing collabs with everybody. But I think um, reaching out and getting into those communities is important. So for the people who, including me, uh, don't exactly know what the word collab means in this. Oh yeah, that's so, what we call it. What, what exactly are you saying? We call them collabs. So it's like just like a collaboration. So like a okay. YouTube. So you, I mean, basically we're doing a collab right now. 
you know? <laughs> so it's just reaching out to YouTubers or other people that you want to make videos with. And a lot of times, you know, it's, it's scary because they, you don't know if they're going to say yes or they're going to say no. And then everybody's busy. So it's, it's definitely crazy, but I don't think it's something that is necessary. I think just building your brand, figuring out your voice and what you want to make videos about get comfortable and just be consistent, I think is, is the biggest piece of advice, but it all sounds very simple in the long run. It sounds simple, but I would also say it doesn't sound like there are any particular shortcuts. There's not at all. I mean, I started my YouTube channel in 2006. That's a long time. You know, there's been a lot of YouTubers that have started their channels maybe a year ago and they already have more subscribers than me. So that's kind of like, man, I've been doing this for so long. Like, why can't I do that? But the fact that I've been able to do this this long and stay consistent and keep creating content and still enjoy it is, I'm like, okay, that's, I've at least done that. <laughs> Some point, someone like Katie Cork said, oh, who is this I Justine? I mean, she's just like been doing this for two years and she's got 10 million followers and I've been, you know, at NBC for 20 years. Well, that's, I think it's, you think about like a band that comes out with a popular song mm -hmm. and you're like, I can't believe that they just overnight wonder this one hit wonder. Like they had this song, they've been touring. They probably have 15 albums. They've been sleeping on couches all around the U S touring. Like it's never that easy. And yeah. I think I always try to think about that too. When I see a lot of like smaller YouTube channels end up blowing up overnight. I'm like, how did they do that? You don't know somebody's journey, but you can always assume that it probably was a struggle because honestly, I don't think anything is easy. And if it is, then everybody would be doing Just to date myself, um, when Twitter started, I joined about six months into it, and I immediately went to about one and a half million followers. Mm -hmm. And so people were just going crazy, like, guy, you've only been here, you know, three, four months, and you have one and a half million followers. How did you do that? Well, they don't understand. It took me 25 years to get to the point where I could have the awareness to get 1.5 million followers, right? People who listen to this, are going to look up to you. They're going to check you out. But you know, who does I Justine get inspired by as a video or as a content creator? I was watching too many YouTube videos for a while. <laughs> and then I started getting too inspired. And then when you watch too much, you start kind of picking up mannerisms of other people and things that people are saying. So if there's like a product that I'm going to review, I try not to watch anybody's content until after mine is already done because I don't want to have something that someone said sort of kind of just be in the back of my mind that, oh my gosh, so-and-so said this about this camera. Now I'm going to be like obsessively looking for it. So I try to be very objective when it, it comes to things like that. But there's so many incredible like tech YouTubers uh, that I watch now, but this is the weirdest thing probably that really got me into wanting to do video in, I guess this would have been high school, the band Tool. <laughs> I'm like, the really? The band Who? Tool? Tool? tool i'm too old i don't know who tool is uh, you probably would like they've been around since like the 90s they're like the experimental kind of like heavy metal ish <laughs> at all well anyway my favorite band tool and they did a lot of like really kind of like weird experimental music videos and stuff like that they were all like stop motion so when i was in high school 
very early, like I was taking a bunch of art classes and I was like, man, I really want to get into like stop motion and videography. So just this, the band tool is, was one of my first original inspirations of just like being kind of, I don't know, like different and, and not worrying about like what people think. Cause that's sort of something that they never were worried about. And obviously Steve jobs was a really big inspiration when I was younger growing up, probably in sixth grade, I would say I did my first book report on Steve jobs. You did your first book report on Steve oh Jobs? Oh my gosh. Yes. And like, how didn't cute. really have computers as much back then. And so my mom was a teacher. So she, we had an Apple computer in the house from a very young age. So I was always a Mac person. And then going into school, there were like these PCs here. And then there were like a few rooms that had Macs. But yeah, sixth grade, it was, um, I did a book report and I was like, this is incredible. Like he said, it's okay to think different. Like that's me. Like I'm always thinking different. <laughs> so ever since then, it was just like this, this small child, Justine just always really you know, loved the way that he kind of thought outside the box and things like that, you know, but it was just, he really did have a, a huge impact on like me growing up and, and, and I'm definitely always very appreciative for that. Okay, but today, you know, Sony comes out with the A10 or Apple comes out with the, you know, iPhone 12 and you haven't seen anybody else's unboxing and review. So you do yours and then whose do you watch? Then I go to Marquez's and then I go to Jonathan TLD Today and then I go and check out uh, usually Sarah Dietschy. She's another female YouTuber as well. And then a lot of times my sister and I will both be shooting kind of a video at the same time about something. And so I'll kind of know what she's shooting and then I usually go and watch hers and then she'll watch mine. So it's always kind of fun just to go back and I kind of just see like the different takes that people have on things and I'm like, yes, okay, we agree on this. Oh, we don't agree on that. That's so, great. Yeah, I, I, I like love Marcus. Um, He's great. He's I, so I came calm when he reviews things like our personalities next to each other. I mean, I'm always, I have to like bring myself down so I don't seem too enthused when I'm around him. <laughs> yeah. I first uh, interacted with him when he was, I don't know, junior in college and he was shooting his videos in his dorm. I tell people uh, back when I was in the software business in the 90s, your dream was to get into the Thursday edition of the Wall Street Journal, right? And today, I would say if you had a choice between being mentioned in the Wall Street Journal or Marquise Brownlee, you would pick Marquise all day long. I mean, it's not even close. Yeah, he is. As long as he's talking good about your product. Well, well, that that helps too. Yeah, yeah. For sure. No, and it's it's so interesting because we have, there's a 10-year difference, our, our age difference. So like I'll be talking about something. I'm like, wait you don't even, you know, you were still in like middle school. So it's like talking tech, like we have, it's not that much of a time difference, but it really is kind of in the long run of, of the things that you've experienced and, and grew up. And I don't know, it's, it's really wild just to see what children have available to them now. Like my sister uh, back in Pennsylvania, she, she recently had a baby, which I'm so sad I can't travel to visit, but it's been really cool just to kind of witness yeah. her interacting with tech and phones and like man i can't wait to see the things that you're going to see in your lifetime how many unboxings do you think you've done oh i don't even know i mean i have thousands of youtube videos really do you have a favorite handful or your most favorite unboxing one of my favorite videos was a holiday video that i did with google and youtube and we create they were like what do you want to do like we'll do anything i said anything 
<laughs> and I chose to do a stop motion Lego video and it was for the holidays. It was like a stormtrooper Lego collaboration. So that was probably one of my favorites actually that okay. I've ever done. But as far as unboxings go, I mean, I think the Mac pro unboxing was probably my favorite. And then some of my iPhone review videos are, I just, I spend so much time on those ones. So well, I feel like those I'm most proud of. Which Mac pro unboxing? Um, the new Mac pro, the latest oh, one. This, this latest got, one. This latest one, and I rented three 8K Reds. Why do you need a Red, or much less three, to unbox a Mac a Mac Pro? I wanted to push this thing to the limits, and I definitely did. I mean, because we were shooting in such a high compression rate that uh, when I was like, "Man, Mike, I'm I'm actually able to lag this computer. What happened?" They're like, "Well, what compression were you shooting?" They're like, "Nobody shoots in like the crazy compression that you were shooting." I was like, "Well, I told my friend who he works on Avatar. I was like, I want it to look amazing." He's like, "Okay, cool." We're gonna completely just Wait, but, destroy so, all of your hard drive space. But but you use three reds, and then people are watching them on their iPhone sixes. I mean, yep. No, it's the principle of the matter. The fact that I shot it all, and it was really crazy because I mean, the budget for that. Thankfully, we did get a discount. I mean, it would have been. <laughs> oh, you bought three reds? No, 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 no. We didn't buy them, but even to rent them, the insurance oh. that you have to get, the entire red packages. I mean, it would have been like hundreds of thousands of dollars just to rent for like three or four days. Seriously? So, yeah. So even the budget that I had for that, I I don't even know if I made the money back making all the videos, <laughs> but you know, it was worth it. And man, having three AK reds in my living room was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and this was in the house. Yeah, just in my living room. We just kind of rearranged everything. And then we had to get lighting. And usually I never have to rent anything because I have all of the gear. But it's like, we need to make this look cool. Oh. Okay, so uh, do you have your iPhone handy? Yes. Can you hold it up? Can we see what iJustine's home screen? Uh... Oh, gosh, what's on my home screen? Do you want me to send you a screenshot? Uh, yeah, that's easier. Okay. That, that would be better. <laughs> Duh. All right. I'm like, I think that's probably easier. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so now to wrap up a little uh, speed round. So you just okay. pick one or the other. Okay. All right. Okay. Watch these All eyes right. make me so nervous. Okay. So Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. Wireless or wired charging? Wireless. LA or New York? LA. Mac or Windows? Mac. <laughs> 40 or 44 millimeter watch? Uh, 40. I had to think. 40? I was like, yes. Okay. Uh, I, I don't even need to ask uh, iOS or Android. We know iOS, right? IOS, <laughs> how many yes. How many watches do you have? How many Apple watches do you have? Every, I think every one of them that's ever come out. <laughs> and how Some many, been... how many iPhones do you have? everyone that's ever come out <laughs> do, do you have any android phones i do yeah i always have a secondary android device so right now Is... i'm using one that will be out in a <laughs> month or so <laughs> do, does it fold <laughs> oh no but that one's right here actually if you <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> What do you think of a folding screen? Is that? It's cool. Especially, yeah. I was actually very surprised. The Z Flip, I really, really like it. So this was this was the one that I was using for a while. But yeah, I always have an iPhone and then Android. So usually, just to make sure I'm not completely biased. Okay. Uh, sushi or barbecue? 
Oh, barbecue. Uh, Animal Crossing or Mario Kart? Oh, no, you can't do that to me. Oh, God. <laughs> well, right now, Animal Crossing. Okay, okay. Sure. And uh, finally, uh, Snapchat, TikTok, or Instagram? So if I choose one, do the rest go away is the problem. Not, you mean die? No, just, you know, your okay. first preference. I would probably go Instagram. Okay. Now, uh, okay, now this is really my last question. So when I just seen, first of all, how do you pronounce your last name correctly? So I say it right in the... Ezeric. Ezeric, okay. Yeah. So when Justine Ezeric wakes up in the morning, what's the first thing you check on your phone? I will check my email yeah. and then I ignore it all and then I forget about whatever I read and then I go to Twitter I go to Instagram and then I'll probably open up Animal Crossing currently and then I'll realize all of the email that I forgot to write back to in the morning and then at some point I'll get back to it but, and, and is your yeah. main productivity a phone or a Macintosh like Gary Gary V does not use a desktop it does not use a computer well he probably doesn't edit all of his videos still, so well, I still have true. to edit a lot. Yeah, so I yeah, definitely, yeah. if I if I did not have to use a computer, I could I would probably do everything on my phone. Mm. But I mean, even like doing photo editing and stuff, I need an actual full fledged Photoshop or uh, Lightroom. Sure. So, do you use Canva? Do you use Canva? I don't know. You don't is use that... Canva? Mm -mm. Do you know what it is? I no, I don't think so. Justine, it cannot be true. Canva, C-A-N-V-A, the, the online graphics design editor from Australia that I'm the chief evangelist of? No. Go to no, canva.com. It, it, it's not possible that you or Jenna... The, no. I'm, so, this, I, I'm downloading it after this. <laughs> it, it is the world's best way to create graphics. I know. Oh man, I should, well, I should check it out. I mean, the unfortunate reality is I'm like, I'm going to open up Photoshop and Illustrator. I'm going to just trace all this out and design Can, it and lay out the logos. Oh, you're killing me. You're killing me. I'm sorry. Okay, just I'm look at Canva. Just look at Canva. Okay. I mean, it I've is. Already Googled it. It's, it's opened. I'm it's ready. Photoshop for the rest of us. You know, seriously, um, on any given day, we make roughly 4 million graphics every day. So people use it to make 4 million pictures a day or graphics per day. So we have all the templates for all the standard uses, Instagram, you know, the, the album photos, the avatars, the, the presentations, everything. Everything is done for you, all optimized to the size, you know, the dimensions. Oh, my God. Oh, my life flashed before my eyes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, so did mine because I've been wasting a lot of time then. <laughs> you have been. It's it's Photoshop for the rest of us. In the time, in the time it takes you to boot Photoshop, even on your Mac Pro, you could finish a graphic in Canva. I promise you. Probably. Oh my God. Okay, I'm gonna check it out and I'll report back. I hope that I Justine brought humor, inspiration, and information into your life. If nothing else. You learned how hard it is to make something like social media look easy. She is a remarkable person and a nice person to boot. It's comments time. Joe Jessel. Guy went big on this one. Kicked off with a true legend and great show. Can't wait to see what's to come on Remarkable People. After listening to the first 10 shows, I have not come across an interview I did not like, but I found a few that I love. Guy. Thank you for creating such a great podcast with such memorable guests. Tip, 
Sean Thompson may convince you to pick up a surfboard and forever change the trajectory of your life. Another one, A10KC. I have never written a review before. I'm not sure what it is about this podcast that has me so captivated. Guy is an amazing interviewer. The production is great. The guests do not disappoint. One more from Mr. Andy64. The Waz podcast was not what I expected, but absolutely amazing if you're an Apple fanboy or girl. I have been an Apple fan since the day I started using Apple II computers in high school. I've always been fascinated in how things come to be, and the early Apple was always something fascinating to a nerd like me. Never had the pleasure to meet Waz, but did have lunch with Jobs once back in his next days. This podcast gives a great insight into the creative mind of Waz and sets straight some of the myths of Jobs too. I can't wait to subscribe to the other podcasts after listening to this one. Hallelujah. Add your comments on your iPhone. Just get the Apple Podcasts app on your computer. Just go to the Apple Podcasts app again, come to think of it. So basically, on your computer or on your phone, use your Apple Podcasts app to send comments and rate. Thank you. I'm Guy Kawasaki, and this is Remarkable People. Thanks to the remarkable people who make this podcast what it is, Jeff C. and Peg Fitzpatrick. Until the next episode of Remarkable People, be healthy, be safe, mahalo and aloha. This is Remarkable People.